Welcome to the Overnight Trainer Podcast, where each week we talk about all things related to the world of learning and development, including facilitation, instructional design, sales enablement, and so much more. I'm your host, Sarah Canistra, and I'm an L&D strategist and career coach, and I'm here to take the guesswork out of becoming an L&D professional and show you how to unlock continued success in your learning and development career. I'm on a mission to quickly develop the next generation of L&D leaders who are looking to create meaningful and engaging learning experiences. So, if you're looking to transition into L&D for the first time, have found yourself accidentally in a training position, or are working up the ranks as an L&D professional already, you've come to the right place. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Overnight Trainer Podcast. I'm so excited and so happy that you're here. If you're listening to this in real time when this comes out, which is the uh, week of Thanksgiving, uh, and you celebrate Thanksgiving, just want to wish you all a very happy holiday. Uh, Hope you are filled with lots of gratitude this season. I am so grateful. I know I've mentioned this in the last couple episodes too, but so grateful for you for being here for trusting me and trusting my advice and trusting my coaching and for trusting yourself and for developing yourself. It's such a key component to growth, not only in your career, but as a human. And so the fact that you're taking time out of your day, whether you're listening, I wonder where y'all are listening from, but listening in the car or on a walk. I have someone told me they listen to me while they're running on the treadmill um, or sitting at your desk, wherever it may be while you're having your morning coffee. Thank you so much. Thank you for investing time in yourself, investing time in in me, and I really, really appreciate you and have so, so, so much gratitude for you. And on the topic of gratitude, I just about three hours ago got a message from one of my coaching clients. And we've done a lot of work around her niche. It's been We've done some intense work to to find her niche and watching it all pay off right now is I'm exploding with gratitude and excitement for her. So this past weekend, she found a role. And again, I talk about this a lot with niche, you know, really applying to roles that fit within your niche, not the other way around, not trying to fit into other roles. You're applying to roles that fit into you and into your box. Uh, But she found a role this weekend that was so exciting for her and she applied on Sunday morning and the same day several hours later she heard back they were so excited about her that they wanted to schedule an interview with her so that's the beauty of understanding finding your niche is that you see such faster returns on your application investment we can call it Uh, and what's crazy is that about maybe 20 minutes ago, even 10 minutes ago, as I was getting ready to record this podcast, that same client messaged me and she's like, you won't believe it. She just heard back from a job she applied to on Friday. Today is Monday. So one full business day. And that is the power of knowing your niche. And it cre- it gives you so much freedom and clarity in the job search process. I know that this can be a really difficult and draining process. And the key component that's missing from most people's search is finding their niche. Because if you don't know your what your niche is, you are shooting at a moving target that is moving 5,000 miles per hour, right? It's 
it feels so overwhelming, so far-fetched, so, so far out of reach to get a role that you are able to use your expertise that you love going to each day that is paying you fairly. And so that's why I'm, and I've talked about this in the last couple episodes, but why I'm doing something I've never done before, which is a work, a two-week live workshop all around finding your niche. And I'm going to put out an episode as a bonus episode this week that will deep dive into what you can ex- expect to experience in those two weeks. But real brief overview, I mean, we're going to spend two weeks, five live sessions together going through the exact process that I use with my one-on-one clients to help them find their niche. And we are going to do that, like I said, via live sessions over Zoom. Those are also going to be recorded in case you can't attend live. You will have a private LinkedIn community. So everyone that's inside of the niche workshop will be in their own private LinkedIn group where I'll be in there every single day answering questions, helping coach you in the moment, you know, through what you're experiencing while you're finding out your niche. And then also you'll get a companion workbook. And the beauty of that is you'll have prompts and exercises to do each day of the two weeks. But you'll also get to go back to this as you continue to refine your niche in six months, a year, two years from now when you're ready to grow into your next role, you can come back to this at any single time. So join us in there. It is a very low cost in comparison to some of my other offers way to be able to work very closely with me. Uh, So right now it's typically $500. I'm offering 50% off. So it brings it the total to $250. And... That is uh, if you use the code Black Friday when you check out, and I'll put the link uh, in the in the show notes. And of course, you can always go to my website, which is theovernighttrainer.com/work-with-me. And uh, when you go scroll down a little bit, you'll see the, the live niche workshop. You can click on that link, and again, at checkout, enter code Black Friday, and you'll get the entire two week live workshop plus the LinkedIn group plus the companion workbook uh, for only two hundred and fifty dollars. So. Make sure to put that on your list. That will end uh, Friday at midnight. So make sure Friday the, what is Friday? Friday the 26th. Let me look at my calendar doing this live. Yep, Friday Friday the 26th at midnight. That will end. So please make sure that you are signed up and ready to go. We will kick off on December 1st. I am super excited for that. All right, let's get into today's episode, which is all about how we might be sabotaging our job search and our even even if you're not in a job search how you might be sabotaging your career um, and your career growth so this episode is perfect for anyone who's in any type of transition or even considering a transition whether it's into learning and development whether it's growing inside of your career uh, this episode is going to be great for you so i've been doing career coaching full-time now for a little over a year Uh, But I've been in the learning and development space for a very long time. It's been over a decade now. (laughs) And as I've spent time in this space and as I've coached more informally uh, through leading learning and development teams, mentoring people who want to get into learning and development through these organizations, I've seen these same characteristics come up over and over and over again. It's almost like when we get close to it or we start to get a taste of it, we tend to pull back. And our mind works in such mysterious ways. Um, and not so mysterious, a lot of people who study it. But you know, our brain wants to keep us safe. And that's great. <laughs> like, hello, great job, brain, you're doing your job. Our brain has evolved so much that it knows subconsciously how to keep us safe. 
But with that operating system that we have, when we start to get pushed out of our comfort zone, when we start to think bigger or things start to feel challenging, our brain kicks into high gear and will try to protect us. And oftentimes when we're thinking about job searching and growing in our careers and making a transition, while it can be exciting, right, it also can be scary. And when things are scary, right, it's triggering that response in the brain that says, wait a minute, wait a minute, is this what we want to do? And so when that response gets triggered, what I've noticed is patterns that we fall into that will ultimately sabotage our success. Or even if we do get a new role or transition into a different role, it's not at the level that we could have been if we weren't sabotaging ourselves. So today I'm going to go through a couple of responses and traits that can hold us back and can cause us to sabotage ourselves sometimes without even knowing it. So I'm going to go through them and also give you an action item to get you out of that. So how do we recognize it when we're in it? And what's the next step to take in that action item to get you out? So the first thing I notice that when people are, again, making that transition, whether it's inside of a, a current role that you're trying to grow in or you're transitioning into a new career completely, is the idea of analysis paralysis. And some of you might be like, yep, that's me, <laughs> right? So analysis paralysis, which is basically continuously trying to analyze the situation, but analyzing it so much that you are paralyzed from making any steps in progress, right? I see this a lot in the career coaching space when, and when I'm coaching my clients, when they are, especially when they're trying to find their niche, I'm in the early, in that early sense of overanalyzing. And rather than thinking about what their gut is telling them they want to do or you know, their, their body's telling them what they should be doing. They're too concerned on the analysis, right? And what everyone else is saying, what everyone else has done and kind of looking at other people's journeys or, you know, reading, reading all these different articles and blogs. And that's great to be informed, right? So being informed is important. But the analysis paralysis piece of I am just going to immerse myself and essentially put my head in the sand of, over-researching, over-analyzing, is this right for me? Is this wrong for me, right? Sometimes the only way to know if something is right or wrong for you is to jump and do it. And I'm not saying all of a sudden jump into a brand new job, right? That's 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 zero to 100 here. What I'm talking about is how do we go from zero to 10? So if you are wondering if a role in instructional design is right for you, right, rather than combing all of the blogs, reading everything about it, you know, immersing yourself in all the different technologies you need to know, right? I see that a lot of people who want to become instructional designers, they get overwhelmed by the amount of systems that are out there to help instructional designers um, that many instructional designers learn throughout the course of their career. And so that analysis into all of these systems, what should I learn first? Where should I go? All of this stuff, it paralyzes us from being able to move forward in any step that's going to cause us to have success, right? So we can't just sit there in the analysis phase of everything. We have to make the next right step. So that is your action item. If you feel like you are sitting there and you feel paralyzed, right? That analysis paralysis, that you are surrounded by so much information or you're spending all of your time analyzing what you have, what you don't have, right? See that a lot, that kind of comparison game, I want you to sit down and think about what is the next right step? Not getting from zero to 100, right? Not, oh, I don't know any technology and now I'm gonna learn Storyline, Photoshop, 
uh, Camtasia, Captivate, right? You're not, that's zero to 100 right here, right? What is the next right step? So in that case, the next right step might be having a couple informational interviews with instructional designers who are at companies that you would like to work for or companies that are similar to ones you'd like to work for and find out what technology they're using there, right? Compiling that list, finding what the common threads are, right? And then moving forward with possibly learning what that might be, right? So the way to get out of analysis paralysis is you have to sit down for a second. This is where having a coach comes in. I will say I help a lot of my clients through analysis paralysis, but coming in and saying, okay, what is the next right step? I'm not going zero to 100 right now. How do I go from zero to 10? Or even how do I go from zero to five or zero to one? Okay, so your, your action item to get over analysis paralysis is taking that next right step, whatever it might be. All right, the second thing that I see a lot when it comes to sabotaging our career growth, our job search, all of those things is procrastinating. And uh, as a fellow procrastinator, so I can speak speak to uh, personal personal uh, experience here on procrastinating. Well, a lot of times it's it kind of goes back to the analysis paralysis, right? Where it, because we've done so much analysis and we're in that paralysis, everything feels so hard. Even that next right step, right? You might figure out what that next right step is, but you might procrastinate on it because it just feels so big and so hard to do. And so what happens is, is a lot of times there are steps that we can take, but we don't do it because again, feeling safe, right? That, that can be scary, right? Taking that step and that leap into the unknown, even if it's just that one step or two steps forward, right? It can be scary for us. You know, what's so interesting though, is I want you to think about, you know, a time where you procrastinated on something. And then once you actually did it, you thought, oh, that wasn't that hard. Right? So think about that for a second. We've all been there. We've all procrastinated on something that felt like it was going to be so hard, so big, so scary, so hairy. And we do it. And nine times out of 10, we're like, okay, that wasn't that bad. But again, our brain is trying to protect us, protect us from the unknown. And so what I want you to do, if you are sitting in a place where you you figured out what the next right step is, but you're having a really hard time of doing it, and what I want you to do is, I, I, it's something that I do for myself, is I have a list that I call my hard things list. And it's all things on there that I typically procrastinate in. And you can adjust this to be whatever you like. But for me, it's, you know, logging in and uh, paying our gas bill because it's they don't do it automatic, right? So to me, even though it's so simple, like, oh, like it just, <laughs> so for some reason, it's so hard hard for me to do. And so I want you to make a list of hard things, especially if it has to do with your career or with your job search, right? Make a list of hard things and then commit to trying to do at least one of them daily, right? So it's not that we're, a lot of times that procrastination comes in too because it seems so big. It seems so hairy. It seems so scary. But how can we break down whatever that might be into smaller tasks, smaller hard things, and start checking those off our list? So going back to when we talked about that analysis paralysis and one of the ways forward, if the example that I gave, what is having an, an inter informational interview? Well, the informational interview might seem like the thing that you're procrastinating on, right? That might be that big, scary thing where it's like, oh, what am I going to ask? What am I going to say? What am I going to do? So I want you to break it down into smaller things, right? So the first part is searching on LinkedIn for people with instructional design titles that work at companies like Facebook, 
I just threw that out there, right? So that's one step. That's one hard thing right there, right? Breaking it down to those tangible items. From there, it's you know, sending uh, two requests to, to people to talk to, right? So maybe you're doing two today, two tomorrow, two the day after that. Right? Then the next one is preparing for the informational interview. So finding out what questions you're going to ask and then actually having it. So breaking it down to those smaller list of hard things. So you know, okay, today, what do I have the brain capacity to do? Today I have the brain capacity to search for people. All right, great. Now that I've done that, that seems easy. I already ha- Now I have my list of people I want to connect with, of people I want to message. Now, what's the next hard thing? The next hard thing is figuring out what to write to them. Okay, that's what I'm going to work on today. So breaking down your goals, breaking down the things that seem really hard and scary into smaller tangible items to do that, again, those things in themselves could seem hard and scary. But once they're smaller, you can commit to doing one hard thing a day. You then start to get into that process of like, okay, wait. I did that one hard thing. That wasn't so hard. What else is on my list? Uh, And that's what I find too is that, you know, there are days and I'll be fully honest with you that I don't get, I don't do something on my hard things list. And then that list, I'm like, oh, this list seems so, so hard. But as soon as I commit to doing one thing on there, I'm usually cross off one, two, three, four, five things on there. And so it's really important to keep in mind that it's part of that momentum that we have is once we realize and we tell ourselves in our brain, oh, that's not that hard. Right? It's easier to continue to do those things that we do think are hard. So that second one about procrastinating, remember the action to move forward from there is to make that list of hard things. And how do I, how do you deduct down and create smaller lists? Right? What are the smaller pieces that go into that hard things that you can start to cross off? All right. So the next one that I want to talk about is, and my clients hear me say this all the time. So if you're listening, you're going to laugh, but is desperately trying to not look desperate. And like I said, my clients hear me talk about this all the time and and I've noticed it more and more as I work with more and more people that this is something that comes from a place of scarcity mindset, right? That I'm not good enough, right? That validation, that confidence that comes in. And so what we do is we try to prove ourselves and that can show up in so many different ways. And so Again, yes, of course, there are parts where we have to, you know, show up places and we need to talk about our experiences and talk about our knowledge, especially when we're talking about job interviews, right? But the idea of prove it, right? My coach calls it prove it energy, right? That shows up so differently than confident energy. And so when you show up desperately trying to not look desperate, and this could be in the form of completely over-preparing for a job interview. This happens to my clients all the time where they're so desperate to look knowledgeable, to sound knowledgeable, to be knowledgeable, that they spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours preparing for even just the first interview with a recruiter. And I'm not saying you don't need to prepare, but when you are over-preparing, when you are in over-preparation, what happens is, is that you have so much information swirling through your brain that it, it's almost like an, an anxious energy that comes out. And I'm sure a lot of you have experienced, whether I personally suffer from anxiety myself, I don't want to say suffer, I, I, I live with anxiety uh, and I, I, manage it re- I manage it relatively well for myself, but I'm sure a lot of you who have either experienced anxiety or experienced someone who has anxiety, 
you know instantly, right? My my partner, he will know if I'm if I'm going through anxiety, he he can tell on my facial expressions, the way that I'm breathing, right? And of course, we're spending lots of time together. But if I were to meet someone on the street, I could probably tell very quickly if they were experiencing some type of anxiety. And so that comes out when we have that prove it energy, right? It's anxious energy. And whether it's the way that we are moving or speaking or just showing up in the words that we are saying, right? That in and of itself, right? We're desperately trying to not look desperate. But what happens and what comes across is desperation. And so a lot of that, again, comes from that inner confidence. And I want you to be prepared for job interviews, prepared for informational interviews, prepared for internal conversations about your growth. I was just having a conversation with a a one-on-one client last week, and it was about an internal growth conversation that they were about to have with the new leader of theirs, right? And there was so much desperation coming up, right? And so much prove-it energy because this was a really big shift that was going to happen in this person's career. And they were going into it with all of this preparation and having all the different different ways that they could lead the team moving forward and a plan for this and a plan for that and a plan for up and a plan for down, right? And so again, all of that comes out as anxious energy. What we did instead, and this is kind of your, your action item here, is we focused on this client's strengths. And I am a certified strengths finders coach. And this is something I use a lot with my coaching clients is understanding where your strengths lie and learning how to lead with them, right? So for example, for this client, this person didn't have high woo, which is win others over, or actually any influencing, I'm using air quotes here, any influencing traits, but the way that she was trying to go into this conversation was full on influential mode, right? Because other people had said, hey, this is this is how you should go into it. This is how you should have that conversation. But it was so inauthentic to herself. And so your action is if you are feeling that prove it energy, that anxiety, that desperation, know that that will come across. But if you lead with your strengths, right? And again, you can Google strengths finders. Um, you can absolutely, I think there's a, I think you can find your top five. I think it's $20 on the Gallup website, Gallup strengths finders. But if you learn to lead with your strengths and you have conversations based on that, because they are so inherent to you, you are now all of the sudden not desperately trying to not look desperate. You are standing in your own. So I really want you to own your strengths and to, when you walk into any type of conversation, right, come from a place of your strengths, not from a place of your desperation or what you don't have. All right. So the next one (laughs) is overconsumption. So I did a a, a podcast episode on this a while ago and I I posed the question, is there such thing as too much self-development? And the short answer to that, if you haven't listened to that episode, is yes, there is. And this is where I see people, I'll be truly honest, this is where people are sabotaging themselves the most. And it hurts me. It actually pains me because I'm seeing people over consuming and they're in 15 different groups and they're 
messaging hundreds of different people and applying to thousands of different jobs and they're on this message board they're taking this course and they're taking that certification and they're on all the blogs and they're in like I said every group and they're taking advice from everyone and I understand that not everyone has the financial capability to work with a coach or to pay a coach or to even pay for information on some of these certifications or courses. I 100% understand that. And that is why I do this podcast, to be able to give as much as I can on a free platform. But what happens is when we are, and I, I fall into this victim, I have fallen into this before, right? Where we over consume and we're getting Advice from Joe Schmo over here and Jane Doe over there and Larry over here and Sean up here and Jen over here, right? That we are just getting advice from everywhere. And again, that goes back into the analysis paralysis. Where do you even start when you have 5, 10, 15, 20 people telling you to do 5, 10, 15, 20 different things? I'm seeing a lot of advice going on out there. And, and do I agree with all of it? Absolutely not. Do I agree with some of it? Absolutely. Right? There are, are different things to, to pick and choose from. But if you do, if you are new to this or you are deep in the process here, because you haven't come out on the other side, you don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work. And so I, I understand the need and the want to continue to consume. But at some point, you need to find a small tribe of people that have walked the path before you, that you trust, that have proven results helping other people do this. So I'm talking coaches, people who have, again, walked that path before you who are willing to share, right? Five people maximum that you really, really trust what they have to say and follow their guidance, right? For me personally, so I have a business coach. I've worked with her for over a year now. Um, She's helped me scale my business to places I never could have imagined before. But when I started working with her, I was working with her. I was listening to her podcast. That's how I found her. But I was also listening to a handful of other business podcasts and following a bunch of other business-related people on Instagram. And what was happening is that I was paying for coaching from this person who I love and adore, who has grown a wonderful, incredible business of her own, but also subconsciously and sometimes consciously consuming other people's information, which was confusing the message that we were working on that was aligned with my business. So remember, when you are over consuming, and even this podcast right now, right? Like I'm trying to be as granular as I can, but I'm speaking to to the masses. There's going to be several hundred of you who listen to this podcast this week. When you are able to find your tribe, right? They are able to help you cater to your specific needs. And so when we look at at mass scale information, yes, in a perfect world, like would that apply to everyone? Sure, but it doesn't. And so you really wanna find a a tribe that you trust, people that you trust, and and that you can trial and error with some of their things. And if you're finding, wow, I'm doing a lot of trial, but not a lot of error is happening, that this is working for me, stick with that person, stick with what they're saying. And that, because that's where, and I see this happen a lot too with, with coaching in general of people feel like, okay, I got a little bit of momentum. I can do this on my own now, or now I can start listening to what other people say, a lot of opening up the, the floodgates of overconsumption and all of a sudden their progress halts or even regresses. So I really want you to think about when you are 
consuming, again, it goes back to that analysis paralysis. So much information, where do you even start? And this might mean that you are less active in some groups or you unfollow some people. If it's me, if you need to unfollow me, I totally get it. I totally understand that, right? You want to make sure you're keeping this this information uh, portal, right? Your tribe really, really tight knit. And it, again, it doesn't have to be someone that you even know personally, but if their information that they're giving sounds really, really aligned with what you need at that time, stick with it, follow it, right? And utilize that person. If they're giving advice out there, they're open to questions. They're open to having you work with, with them or helping you. So I want you to really consider what are you consuming and is it actually serving you, right? So that is your action item. I really want you to find people who are in your tribe, these people, and again, you might see other things come up, but I want you to really focus on how can I not over consume? Another one that I see very often is needing to have validation or needing X thing to validate you, right? So I need to have a master's degree in order to get this role. I, When I have a certification, I'll be ready for this role. When I have 5,000 followers, I'll be ready to start a business, right? Whatever it may be. The reality is, is that we always think that we need something more in order to feel ready, but we're never going to feel ready. You're never going to feel ready to take that next step. Are there levels, right? Is, is ready on a spectrum? Absolutely. But that 100%, I'm ready to go, especially if you're transitioning into a new career, right? You've never done it before. You haven't experienced it yet. There's no way you can be ready and there's no way anyone expects you to be 100% ready for it, right? And I, I, I don't want to go too far into this because I did a podcast episode all about the idea of certifications, but it's and it's podcast episode number 41. But I want you to keep in mind that if you are having that feeling of, oh, I'm not gonna apply for this job because I'm not ready yet, right? Because I don't have X certification or because I don't have X degree. I really, really, really want you to reconsider how that's showing up for you. Because that's a huge thing that holds a lot of people back as they think I need to have XYZ certification or XYZ degree or XYZ you know, knowledge on something really specific. And the reality is a lot of people, a lot of organizations will allow you to learn on the job. They understand that you will. So go back and listen to episode 41 where I talk a lot about that. But don't let the fact that you don't have X thing, right? And that's what's going to make you ready or validate you. That that will absolutely sabotage you from being able to get a not only you might get you might get a role, right? You might but oftentimes I see when people need those things to validate them that they sell themselves short because they don't have those things and end up taking an entry level role when they're actually qualified for a higher level role. And a lot of my clients come to me with that in the sense of, oh, I'm applying for this role or that role, or this role. And I look at them, I look at their experience, I look at the roles and I compare it to their experience. And it's shocking to me how sometimes we'll diminish what our value is. But it's again, because we're, we're trying to let external things validate us and tell us that we're worthy of those type of roles. I'm here to tell you, you are worthy of them. Right, so for you, what I want you to do is go back and listen to that episode. That's your action item here, uh, episode 41, about why it is that you don't need to rely on certification to make you feel ready. 
you most likely are already there. All right, and the last thing that I think holds people back, in all honesty, I might say this is the most. This is what, I, and I've been seeing this more and more and more and more as more and more people are looking to transition into learning and development for the first time, is trying to be all the things. And I see it, it, people are applying to in the same breath being an instructional designer and then turning around and applying to be a facilitator, turning around and applying to be a cultural culture specialist, turning around applying to be an employee engagement specialist, turning around again, applying, right? So constantly applying to all these different roles, right? You can't be all the things. And that's amazing. Who wants to be all the things? We can't possibly be all the things. It's all the things is like the universe. It's constantly expanding. You can't be all the things. But when we try to be all the things, right? And it reminds me of, of learning in general, learning and development, right? If you try to teach something some, if you try to teach someone everything, you essentially teach them nothing. So if you're trying to be everything, you're essentially being nothing. So I want you to really get that into your brain. That, And this is why I focus so much and why the key cornerstone of everything I do in all of my programs and all of my coaching is finding your niche. You have to know what area, especially in learning and development, there are thousands if not tens of thousands of different types of roles that you can have inside of learning and development. It is a, it's an ocean. And that's what I do with my clients. I say, welcome to the ocean. We're going to make it into a lake and then we're going to make it into a swimming pool. So by staying in the ocean and not working your way into a lake and then into a very manageable swimming pool, you are essentially trying to be everything. And that's really, really exhausting to try to be everything. So I encourage you for this action item, sign up for the niche workshop. It is a $250 investment because I'm offering 50% off right now. So it's 250 total. And we spend two weeks together finding your niche. It will help you with everything that we talked about. Because when you know your niche and you're super, super clear in it, you have a lot less analysis paralysis because you are, you know exactly what to be focusing in on, exactly what roles to be focusing on, how to formulate your resume based on those roles, type of conversations you should be having, right? All because of that. Same thing with procrastinating. It helps you because again, you now have what I call your North Star. It's really hard when you don't know what direction to go in, right? That that often causes me to procrastinate. When I feel I don't know which direction to go in, right? I procrastinate. But knowing your niche is your North Star. You always have something it's not that moving target we talked about. You always have something to look look up to and say, okay, it's what I'm doing right now helping me get there, right? Or what is the next right thing I can do to help me get there? It very much helps you des- not, not look desperate, right? Not desperately be <laughs> looking desperate because you are, again, leading with your strengths and leading with what you know. You're not trying to be everything, It helps you with overconsumption because you now know your niche. You know exactly what it is that you should be consuming for the type of role that you want to be in. I see that a lot with so many people who are just, again, on every single group and every single message board. But once you know your niche, you can start to formulate and create and network around what it is you really actually want to be doing. And lastly, once you know your niche, you know specifically 
if there are any certifications or technical skills or programs or degree, whatever it may be, that you need to have or that you don't need to have. And so it takes away that idea of I need X validation to tell me that I'm ready for this role. Because you know if there is something, you're crystal clear on what it is and how to get get that skill and how to accomplish that. So I, I ask you, please join us. We'll have, we're gonna, first of all, we're gonna have so much fun in there, all right? Positivity is my number two strength in StrengthsFinders. We are gonna have so much fun together. It's gonna be a two week long party hangout that's gonna help you land your next learning and development role. This is going to make the process so much easier for you. Again, just today alone, a client, two roles that she's applied to in the last 48 hours, heard back from both of them today from following this. So please, please, please come join us. I would love to have you in there. Uh, we are going to close the Black Friday special on the 26th at midnight. So use code Black Friday at checkout to get half off. It makes total the whole thing $250. I can't wait to see you in there. We are going to have so much fun. But beyond that, this is going to impact your life in a way that you've never expected. All right, have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving if you celebrate. Again, I'm so grateful for you. I have so much gratitude for you listening today. Take care of yourself. Eat lots of yummy food. Drink lots of yummy wine or water or whatever it is that you're experiencing. Um, but I'm sending all of my gratitude, all of my thanks to you. And I look forward to seeing you inside the Niche Workshop. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If it resonated with you in any way, please let me know by subscribing, liking, and leaving a review. I'd love to hear from you on how you're using these tools, as well as what you want to hear more of. So connect with me on LinkedIn at Sarah Canistra, send me a DM, or email me at hello at theovernighttrainer.com. I can't wait to hear from you. And until next week, stay learning.